0: When you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman. And in this episode, I'm talking with a long-time friend of mine called Greg, who's based in Australia. And Greg is a long-distance runner, a marathon runner, who's got his own health story to share with you today. And look, I'm not particularly sporty and I'm certainly not a long-distance runner, although I did do some jogging in the past. But from what I know of the running world, and Greg can back this up, it's a belief that in order to run long distances or do any type of sport or physical activity, the long-standing belief is that you need to carb load. In other words, that you need quick-burning energy from carbohydrates. And this is one of the things that Greg and I chat about in this episode. We'll get to our chat in just a minute. But just before, I wanted to tell you that if you're looking for some free resources about improving your health and losing weight by cutting sugar, then I have plenty for you. Come check out the Life After Sugar Facebook page and subscribe to the Life After Sugar YouTube channel, as well as my Instagram account at MyLifeAfterSugar, which is where you'll get all kinds of inspiration, pictures of meals, short reels, useful info to get you started on your life after sugar, as well as thought-provoking quotes and even sometimes pictures of our cat, so that you can see that it's perfectly possible to live a happy and active life even if you don't eat sugar. You can also check out my TikTok account at netta underscore life after sugar. And if cravings are getting in the way and causing you to fall off the wagon, then I have five tips for you, especially if you're an intermittent faster, to help you get rid of cravings. Go to aftersugarclub.com and download your five tips today. You can also find my simple guide for getting more energy with less sugar by going to AfterSugarClub.com, scrolling down to the bottom and clicking on Simple Guide. And while you're there at AfterSugarClub.com, you can also have a look at the videos I've made for you to show you what to eat that doesn't contain added sugars, where to find real whole foods at the grocery store, And also, how to look after your gut health with fermented foods and drinks. So to get those free resources, go to AfterSugarClub.com. Okay, so here's my chat with Greg. So I'm talking today with my friend Greg from Sydney in Australia. And Greg, can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with sugar and its role in your everyday life?
1: Oh, hi Netta how are you going so um wow what where do I start so look I'm a, I'm a runner um, I've run my whole life um I turned 50 last year so I guess I've been running nearly 50 years um as a runner um and and I run marathons um I'm running about 70 kilometers a week at the moment working my way up to 100. um Sugar is, is, is something that a lot of runners use to, to get the energy in. So, but, but the problem is it spikes you up. So it gets you sort of hyped up and, and it's really good for short bursts and short distances, but over a longer distance, you're gonna run out of energy if you keep trying to top up with sugar because either you can't get to it in time or it just, it just burns you out. Um, so over that longer distance, it doesn't really work. So for years and years, I've used gels, um, uh, sugar, uh, lollies, things like that to get the energy up. But I've always found it never really worked. So recently, I've taken on an approach where when I go out on a longer run, I'll bring something with me like, like a muesli bar. But there's different bars you can get that are um, very low in sugar almost have no, or some have no sugar at all. And I find just by eating something um, and having something to work on in your stomach, you can actually get that longer distance and you can keep running. Um, I I remember a few years ago, I actually spoke to a nutritionist and I said, you know, I've got this problem where I start cramping and things like that. And funnily enough, she said to me, um, of all things, she said, you should take boiled potatoes with you, (laughs) with sugar and with with, um, butter and salt because that'll get your salt levels up and also sort of your carb levels without spiking your sugar. Where, where, would, tried... you put them?
0: where would you put them? Well, that's
1: them? a thing, a little Ziploc bag, but the, the, yeah, it seems kind of gross to me, but um, the, the idea is right. And the idea is you want that sustained energy over time, which can come from, from sort of a carb source rather than a sugar source. Yeah.
0: Mm, yeah. And I mean, I've definitely heard of carb loading for runners yep. and athletes in general. Is that sort of like the accepted or only way to do it?
1: Oh, everyone does it. Um, everyone I know. So, from eating eclairs the day before a run right oh, what, through sorry? to eating eclairs, you know, like patisserie, okay. like French, anything with high sugar, people will have. I don't, I've never really done that. Um, the school of thought I've actually, I have prescribed to in the past. There was a great marathon runner here in Australia called Robert de And he was a world marathon record holder at one stage. He swore by having a plate of brown rice the day before the run. And that actually isn't a bad idea because you've got almost no sugar, well, no sugar. um, But it's also an easily digestible source of carbohydrate. So it would give him a long, sort of a long spike of energy rather than a short spike. but most marathon runners, the day of the run, won't eat very much at all. They might have a banana before or maybe a piece of toast or something, but nothing that's really going to spike their energy. So if you look at the elite runners, they're not downing these gels. They might have an electrolyte drink, which has some sugar in it, but they're more interested in the, in the electrolyte. Mm-hmm. So look, I think it's balance. And I think, um, I think taking lots of sugar would absolutely impact negatively on your performance yeah yeah
0: and have you experienced it impacting your performance negatively when you have a lot of sugar before a run
1: yeah so a couple of things happen more so during the run where if you do have a gel a lot of people talk about um, your stomach just feeling really bad <laughs> because you, you're trying to digest a whole lot of sugar at once and you actually end up feeling a little bit sick then the energy kicks in and often these energy gels are actually paired with caffeine and so it'll get your energy up but again if you don't take it quick enough and you don't get the balance right you're going to go off the edge i've i'm yet to run a marathon netter where i haven't gone into full cramp right and by full cramp i mean barely able to walk i still finish because the brain kicks in as well but basically the short answer is sugar on its own isn't the answer and you've got to you've got to do the training like that's unavoidable but look for me honestly i'm yet to find something that really works with those cramps other than training harder yeah and if you get on google that's most of the advice you get yeah
0: and what are those cramps what's actually happening
1: so it's literally your body um Uh, not having enough electrolyte is is basically the analysis that I've read so you don't have the salt levels. Um, There's some interesting literature and research around fluid intake uh, before and during a marathon. The biggest mistake I've made personally is that I've drunk too much water before a marathon and that dilutes your electrolyte levels, your salt levels so in fact, sugar might give you this little burst, but overall it's not it's certainly not going to fix a cramp. I know that for a fact. So um, you've got to have an approach where the, the better marathons I've run since is where I've, I drink a little bit before, I drink a little bit all the way through, and just yeah, keep keep the fluids up over time, but but not too much. Yeah.
0: And in the electrolytes, as far as I understand it um it's salt and magnesium and yeah, but not potassium. Ne- potassium but not necessarily sugar
1: not necessarily it depends on which one you're using so I've actually just discovered one I won't advertise now but I've discovered one that's actually working for me really well at the moment that um has a lot much, it has some sugar but very very low sugar but it's also got actually some protein in it so it's actually giving your body something to work on so that sense that your stomach um is upset is is again because you're going down a single road of sugar whereas if you've got a little bit more for your stomach to work on you're going to feel better yeah Um, and it's going to be more effective as well so i'll get back to you on on that particular formula that i'm using but um Uh, Yeah, a lot of those those ultra runners now, those guys running 100 miles plus, these guys are now, they're certainly keeping their electrolytes up, but they're absolutely focusing as well on some carbs, but trying to get into fat burning rather than that sugar burning because that creates the spike. Whereas the fat burning is more even across a longer period of time. And even these these ultra runners carry quite a bit of fat sometimes and fatten themselves up before a run so over time though they'll regain that weight in in no time after a long run so Mm.
0: yeah Uh uh-huh because yeah as far i mean the cramps that you talk about not stomach cramps they're muscle cramps is that oh, they're
1: leg cramps yeah very much so and actually interestingly enough it'll start in the legs it'll start in your your hamstrings maybe your calves but it'll actually spread through your whole body so even though your arms aren't being used your arms will start to cramp your back will start to cramp it's incredibly uncomfortable um it makes it very difficult to finish a marathon. Mine kick in at about um, about thirty k. What's that in miles? About twenty miles of a run. So a marathon's twenty six miles or forty two kilometers. But at around that two thirds mark is where you start to, for me, things start to go off the rails. And I, I I do think different people are different. There are people that don't cramp at all, lucky people. But um, for myself that's when it kicks in the fitter you get the further you go without the cramps hitting and i suspect if i was able to train you know more than 100 kilometers a week i i I would by the end of a marathon the cramps still wouldn't have kicked in but i'm finding at the moment on my longer runs by by not taking gels by just eating something that doesn't have sugar um, and gives you that even sort of even carb load, but also an even something for your stomach to work on. Um, I'm finding I can run, I ran last week, I ran a 25K last weekend and and was very comfortable, didn't cramp at all, not even close. Um, And I actually ran my first 30K in about three years, a few weeks ago, so
0: um,
1: without cramping. So, you know, the the signs are good.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a (laughs) non-runner. That's an understatement. (laughs) Um, although, uh, you know, what I understand from uh, the things that I've studied since I've been sugar-free is that for, to get more stable energy, which seems to me is what you're looking for when you're running yeah. for, for miles and miles, um, sugar is one of the worst things to mm. <laughs> for long-lasting, stable yeah. energy, which is why I, I've always been, not always, because it's only been seven years now that I've been in the no-sugar space, but it it has made me wonder why do runners and athletes carb load especially you know for long distance i can see if you're sprinting 100 meters but if you're running a marathon wouldn't you need as you were saying more proteins and to to be able to burn fat either through ketosis or some other metabolic way and rather than take an external source of quick burning sugar doesn't make sense
1: so, so there are. I, I have some friends who are running these longer distances, and, and I need to have more discussions with them. Um, I have some friends um, that ran the Tarawira 100 mile race in New Zealand uh, two weekends ago. Um, that's a hundred miles Netta. Think oh, about that. That's twenty. I don't want to think about it. No, it's horrific. So there's <laughs> even though you're a non-runner and you probably think I'm crazy for running how I run, there's always someone more crazy. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of the nutrition, I think the thinking these guys. Have at the moment is absolutely this fat burning principle where yeah rather than doing the spikes you're eating food that is easily digestible that gives you a carb basis because but the carb will run out but then you've got a fat some kind of fats you're eating as well and fats that are going to burn through the run um, but also you've got to remember it's not just about what you eat on the day it's absolutely what you're eating right through all of your training right so higher protein higher fat levels minimal sugar um, your whole makeup is going to be in a ketosis sort of framework so it's absolutely what you eat on the day you know if you get a bit of a spike or whatever it's probably not going to affect you that much but if you're eating bad food right up to the marathon you're going to run badly i can i can guarantee that
0: yeah, yeah. yes i mean it, from the outside it seems like people whether you're running a marathon or sitting in front of your laptop <laughs> like most of us um, the body works the same way, and we'll use fuel, or I don't like calling it fuel food, in in, in very similar ways because we we're all different, but we all have relatively similar metabolisms, and human bodies work in relatively similar ways. So it's basically whether you're a runner or you're sitting down all day, if you consume sugar, you'll get the spikes and yeah. you'll end up putting on weight. You know, you, there's only so far that you can run off a bad diet. Mm.
1: Oh, you, you, can't, you can't run off a bad diet. I don't think it's impossible. Mm. Um, and I think, um, you know, I, I do think, though, that um, if, if you're coming up to a big race or whatever, you've absolutely got to stick to your diet. But then maybe one way one way that I see... Sort of sugar or reward, if you like, in terms of food, um, is that sometimes after a long run, I will have a, a a sugar drink or something just to replace that energy really quickly. But it's certainly not to improve performance. And you've got to be honest with yourself about why am I why am I drinking this or why am I eating this? I guess another great example of um, a, a reward approach was um, was Usain Bolt, the great hundred meter runner, right? When his favorite thing was chicken nuggets, which admittedly had no sugar, but everyone was scratching their heads going, how can someone be that fit and eat chicken nuggets, especially from like a McDonald's or whatever. So he, um, yeah, he's an interesting case where, I mean, he was a super athlete, but I, I do believe that people also have to find out what's, what's good for them, like yeah. what works for you. So I'm unfortunate in the sense I get these cramps and, and not everyone gets them. But for me, um, it's something they'll probably have to keep working on. It's just with my physiology, what works for me. And I know for a fact that, you know, if I've been eating badly, I, I perform worse. Um, lately, I've been eating a lot, almost no sugar. I've been eating more protein, more, less processed food. I just feel better. And and you're always going to perform better when you feel better.
0: So, yes. Yeah. yeah, it seems to be the case for almost 100% of people that, that I talk to at least. And I hope mm. they're not just telling me what they think I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> not, at all. not at all. But it seems to be the case that, marathon runners or like normal people just kidding (laughs) everyone else (laughs) um you know we all feel better when we cut out the processed foods including sugar you know and I haven't yet met anyone that says yeah no I'm eating whole foods and I feel crap Mm,
1: that's right yeah exactly
0: I just wanted to take a quick break to tell you that if you're committed to your journey to better health, weight loss and freedom from the hold that sugar has on you, then join us in the After Sugar Club. When you sign up, you'll get all the support, the accountability and the guidance you need to break free from the diet culture as well as from the emotional dependency that you have on sugar. Go to AfterSugarClub.com and click on the big green button. Join the club to see everything that's included in the After Sugar Club and in the Premium After Sugar Club, where you'll get much more personalised and customised guidance and feedback to help you on your journey to breaking free from sugar. Plus, you get a whole year for free in the After Sugar Club. When you sign up for the premium option, go to aftersugarclub.com and click on the big green button, join the club and start your healthier life today.
1: I think another good story um, is, you know, as a marathon runner, people have certain expectations as well. So as was like having lunch With someone this week and i'm they're eating my chicken salad and they're like how can you run as much as you run eating just a chicken salad and i'm like what do you want me to eat like i mean this is healthy fresh food um actually i think one of the people was eating a sausage roll or meat pie or something i was like no i i used to eat like that as a runner as well because i thought well i can eat whatever i want um as i get older i'm like no i can't (laughs) it's Mm. pretty clear that if you Look after your diet um, overall you're gonna you're gonna perform better so yeah yeah
0: yeah and did you reduce how much sugar you you've been eating for your running or also for other reasons
1: i just think for other reasons so um i guess my my story is a bit unusual in that i got uh this thing called ross river virus back in 20 end of 2014 into 2015 so um Most people wouldn't know much about it, but Ross River virus is spread by mosquitoes. It's like almost like a dengue fever kind of thing. But I ended up having a chronic fatigue which came off the back of that. So um, when I got that, uh, up until then, I'd actually been running, uh, I'd run a couple of marathons, but for all of 2015, I was very unwell, um, couldn't get out of bed, one of the one of the symptoms of having that particular having a chronic fatigue i believe is that you have a very high appetite i found I was eating everything that wasn't nailed down including you know everything from donuts to marshmallows to anything with sugar i just couldn't get enough energy in because of my fatigue and whether that's driven psychologically or physically i can't really explain but it was actually an awful feeling to have these cravings for for food generally but sugar in particular so when i came out of that in 2015 i did change my diet i took sugar out of tea and coffee i i reduced my sugar and but then i found over time i've just reduced it more and more um, i'm not going to say i don't eat sugar i eat quite a bit but a lot less than i used to i avoid anything that's sugar cereal and whatever so as I've aged, um, look, the theory amongst some of my running friends um, is that, you know, you get older and you that you get faster as a runner, right? So my best times that I've run were actually about three years ago in, uh, when I was 47. Unfortunately, I got another chronic fatigue in 2020. And coming off that, I think I've gotten more strict with my diet and well, not, not even strict, more, more careful around what I eat Um, making sure it's unprocessed making sure it's you know low sugar or no sugar Um, really trying to focus on uh eating eating fresh food as much as possible in fact after this conversation i'm about to go down to the fresh food market and get my week's supply so i think it's really important to set up that framework like i said the structure and the habits habits are really important for me getting up and putting my shoes on and going for a run is just something i do which sounds like an anathema to most people. But for me, that's what I do. It's now a, I've, I've set up a pattern every week where I do go to the fresh food market every week and get you know, the good stuff from there and very rarely go to the supermarket to get a few extra things. But if, if I go to the fresh fruit, food market, I know I'm going to be good for the week. Yeah. So it, it's, an, it's a total approach. It's a holistic approach. Um, and it comes from wanting to have good health yeah. even before worrying about running performance so gotcha. yeah
0: yeah very often looking after our health as we get older especially is because we're getting older but if you've ever known as you have and i have as well a health problem that has like just taken away your quality of life you don't mm. want to go back there
1: no 100 and and the other thing too is you know i think about you know, I'm saying all of this, and it's not like I've got any special information or special knowledge. But, you know, if someone came up and asked me, you know, what do you eat or whatever, I'd be honest with them. And the honest truth is, I'm far from perfect.
0: Yeah, so you, you're reducing sugar for your general health. And as a side effect for your running, (laughs) which one would you say is a bigger priority for you?
1: Oh, absolutely, the health, 100%. I mean, as you age and, you know, you, you think about you know, what am I on the planet for? I'm here for a long time and a good time, right? So I want to I – look, I, I'd love to stay physically active. I'm reasonably fortunate. Um, if I look at my chronic fatigue that I had, for example, there are people who had it way worse than me, you know, people who've been in bed for years. And, and I've seen various people uh, who I talk to online but also um, – I'm still plugged into that community as well, who've literally had symptoms from my specific illness, which was Ross River virus. People have had symptoms for for decades, you know. And I just think about, you know, what kind of life do I want to live? I, I want to stay healthy. I want to stay well. Um, genetically, look, my my grandparents and my parents seem to live fairly long um, and and fairly active lives. So yeah, I want to keep that going. I have some shorter term goals. I'll probably stop marathon running one day. Netta, you would think I would have stopped by now, but um, in in a few years, oh, look, there are people who I know, there's one man who's currently aiming for um, various world records for over 65 age groups and things like that. um, And they're running times that you wouldn't believe. Um, so, look, I encourage people to get online and look at what some of these age group world records are for, say, a 10 kilometer or five kilometer run. It puts us all to shame. So, it's well, possible. The thing is, it's possible, and we can really live long, active lives if we do look after ourselves.
0: Yeah. 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 And whatever we do with those lives, you know, I mean, I was telling you before that I did the couch to 5K thing a yes. few years ago. So I was really proud of myself for being able to run 5K a few times a week. And I think I did it in half an hour. <laughs> Rich, no,
1: I- like, but, but you but you did it. You got out, you ran. And I'm I'm part of a movement. There's a movement called Park Run. And these guys do a 5K, these park runs are all around the world now, um all over Australia, the UK, Europe. Um, I'm not sure if uh, there's a few in North America as well. But the idea is it's a 5K that you run every week. It's times, but no one cares what you run. But the idea is, I see people from walking right up to elite level. If you get out and do it, like, I, I really believe that physical activity is part of the picture, right? So, you know, there's there's mental well-being, there's diet, there's, um, there's physical well-being, there's having a purpose, there's having something to engage with, a social aspect as well. So, I think all of it's important. Um, and again, there's, it's not rocket science. There's, if you just take the approach that you're worth looking after yeah. and that you're, you wanna have a long and, and, and healthy life, why wouldn't you do it?
0: Yeah. Absolutely, yes. And I know a lot of people, when they hear about someone being sugar-free, you know, they think, well, look, I'd rather have a shorter life with sugar than a longer life without sugar. Oh, but it's, the other, it's really? the other way around
1: it is the other way around there's there's so much more to life so there's plenty of stuff out there to enjoy um and all of those things i said you know the the social aspect the um you know just the camaraderie the 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 great feeling you get you know from physical exercise that endorphin rush i'm a little bit addicted to it um i, I had a great run two weeks ago where I came back from running. Oh, that was last weekend where I ran a 25K. I was euphoric is the only word to describe it. Um, and I haven't felt like that for a long time. And I think it's part of the whole picture that I'm doing all the right things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Happy
1: days. Yeah.
0: Happy days. I think there's not enough happy people on this planet.
1: We need more of it. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And, you know, if running gets you there, if being sugar free gets you there or 101 other ways, doesn't matter. We need more happiness.
1: And the more ways we can find it, you know, the more ways we can plug into it. And again, I think the other piece too is, and and I know you're big on this. It, it's it's not evangelizing about things. It's it's finding what works for different people. If someone comes up up to you and asks for help, give them the help. Um, find for you what works for you. Um, but also, I get I get a great feeling from running with friends, encouraging them. So when I'm out running, we have races in our club every month. And I always shout out to everyone. i was, keep going, you know, like, good on you, such and such. I, you know, I always love calling out to people and, and giving them that encouragement because that makes you feel good as well, right? Um, that yeah. you're doing stuff for other people and, you know, we're all in this together. Yeah, yeah. So why not, you know? Yeah.
0: Do you know, the thing I love the most about being sugar-free is helping other people and inspiring them, whether it's with this podcast or any other way, it's like a huge dopamine rush when mm-hmm. I get messages from people to say, Ah, oh, you know, I, you check not me personally changed their lives, but you know, the podcast has, has inspired them or they heard something or they saw something and it inspired them to make a change for the better. Yeah,
1: that, I love that- it. I love what you're doing. I, I love what you do. I, I just think that, um, you know, your heart's in the right place i've known you for a very long time so yeah. 20 years plus so but we i i think uh i, I think i know that you know we we want i, I know i want the best for for everyone if, if we can do it so we're, we're all trying to improve our overall well-being and and the lifestyles we live and you know this we've gone down the wrong roads in some respects in terms of you know the the mechan what i call the mechanization of food and and that sort of thing. And and we did it for sometimes for good reasons, you know, so people had access to good nutrition. But now we've got the chance, I think, I know in Australia we've got access to incredible fresh food and um, resources and and all of this good stuff. So why not make the most of it and make, um, you know, make our lives better if we can, yeah. yeah.
0: Totally, yeah, thank you. Thank you, very inspiring. You know, each of us in our own ways. You're very inspiring, not just because you run really long distances. Actually, you're not inspiring to me at all because of that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'm not going to stop doing it.
0: (laughs) No, don't stop just because you're not inspiring me. But no, you know, seriously, you are inspiring because of your outlook about life and about your own well-being, your own health. And, you know, I think people listening will surprisingly be inspired by you
1: well, I, I hope I, if anyone gets any, anything out of it, that's great. Um, yeah, so again, you know, people need to just I, I encourage people to look at their own journey and and what they what they what's going to work for them like I said and, and what um, what inspires them you know if, so if it helps fantastic yeah
0: yeah thank you. Thank you for talking with me today. Thank you, Netta. Ah, so great to catch up with Greg. And great to bust a few myths, especially about carb loading or needing sugar for long distance running or any other kind of intense physical activity. And it just goes to show that whether or not you're super active and sporty like Greg, or not at all sporty like me, it has no bearing on your friendships and your quest to be happy and to feel good, and if that means eating no sugar or less sugar, then so be it. As we were saying, there aren't enough happy people on this planet, and if reducing sugar helps you to feel better and be happier, then all the better. And if listening to this podcast is one way for you to get inspired and make changes for the better then I'd like to ask you to rate and review this podcast so that more and more people can discover this podcast, get inspired and start living their life after sugar. Just scroll down below the episode description, tap on the stars to rate this podcast and then tap or click on Write a Review to write your review. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.